1: I started out kind of weird. (laughs) hope everyone's doing well with the Upper Hand Fantasy podcast. Uh, This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Uh, We're going to be going over uh, our top waiver wire pickups for week eight. Uh, We are basically at the halfway point uh, of the fantasy football season, um, which is crazy to say, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say, like, you know, scoring has been down. You know, a lot of injuries this week. So there's a lot of pickups to pay attention to for this week. A lot of news, right? Over the last twenty-four hours or so. We had a, yeah. a, a an interesting game last night. So we got a lot to get to. So let's just jump right into it. Uh let's start with last night's game. Uh Matt Jones, man, he got benched early in that game, uh, after an interception. Um, you know, from the moment the game started, uh Bailey Zappi had his helmet on. Right. He was standing on the sideline ready to go. Right. Uh, uh, he'd come in pretty soon. So they ran the ball. You know, when it's funny because like when Mac Jones was in there, they ran the ball like on third and 10, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, if you're going to do that, I don't think you trust Matt Jones right now. Um, and then on the next drive, he threw a pick. And then after that, Bailey Zappi came in. You know, they started, you know, giving Bailey Zappi better plays. You know, it seems like it was self it was some sabotage going on over there. Bailey Zappi had a wide open <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson, then had a wide open Jacoby Myers, who he almost missed, by the way. You know, yeah on that on that catch. Thank, thanks, to Jacoby Myers, who made a spectacular catch against absolutely nobody uh for, to get that touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um but but Zappi didn't look great in the second half, right? Like in the first half, you know, it was a lot of excitement. You know, he led two touchdown drives, which is great. But uh, you know who did look good. Justin,
0: Justin Fields. Fields. Yeah. Finally. Uh, he
1: is a waiver he is a waiver wire pickup this week at quarterback. Uh and we'll talk more about him as a waiver wire pickup in a bit. Uh but first like what did you think of what you saw from Justin Fields last night?
0: I think this is what I've kind of been waiting for. <laughs> you know. I i's, I didn't go too far on record with this, but I was talking within my group, you know, no one can hold me to this, but I was saying that, you know, Justin Fields has the potential to be this year's Jalen Hurts, you know, fantasy-wise, if he could get, you know, going in the passing game. And we didn't see that the first few games. But now, not only this week did he look better in the passing game, he did have that one INT. And um, he still struggles a bit with ball security. Not that he lost any fumbles, but he did drop it, like, a lot last night. You know, he's still obviously going through it. He's running for his life behind an offensive line that isn't really helping him. But I, I was super encouraged by Justin Fields. It seems like he's finally finding a rhythm, you know, in the offense. And he's starting to look like, he can be that dual threat quarterback, that really you know, cheap dual threat quarterback that people were hoping that he could be when they were drafting him late in drafts last yeah. season. I'm super happy with what I saw last night. He does have a tough matchup next week, but we thought this was a tough matchup this week and he delivered. So I, I think that you could start him maybe next week in a pinch um, as a dual threat quarterback. I, I think the ceiling is now very high because it looks like he's much more at home in his offense than he was just three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, he's definitely looked a lot better lately. Um, he's dropping back a lot more as well, which is not something that we saw early on in the year. They weren't running a lot of pass plays, but now they're dropping back, design scrambles, uh, and we're also seeing that that scrambling ability too. So 80 yards rushing last night, 88 yards rushing the week before. The three weeks before that, 47, 52, 47. And he's thrown a touchdown pass, pass each of the last three weeks as well. Um, you look at his fantasy performances – They've improved for three weeks straight. And he did what he did against a Bill Belichick defense, right? A Patriots defense who just shut up the Lions two weeks ago. The Patriots were coming uh, you know, this week. They were gonna be coming in, you know, and they were at home on a Monday night. Extra day of of um, you know, game planning for yeah. Justin Fields, and he was able to to get it done. So I think he's worth picking up if you've been streaming quarterbacks. Um, you know, like you said, tough matchup this week against Dallas, I, I probably wait to start him the following week, but I still think he's a solid pickup. Um, and you'll see in the way wire rankings, we do have him ranked as like the number, number 10 ranked pickup this week. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was, it was very encouraging from what we saw from him though.
0: Yeah. And if it feels like, you know, you look at the box score, it says, you know, obviously 13 to 21 completions. If It feels like he's dropping back a lot more than 21 at. Passing attempts is because he is, but he's, you know, running for his life. Like I said, back behind that line, he had designed runs, but there are also a bunch of times where he had to scramble, you know. So those are technically dropbacks, but he didn't throw the ball on those. They count as rushing attempts.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what, that's what, you know, the dropbacks include the scrambles, right? Yeah. So, like, and it includes like all the routes that are being run by these receivers, too. So, You know, not only is he getting the design rushing attempts, but he's also getting the dropbacks, which can include scrambling, which is great. More dropbacks means more scrambling, too. So that's exactly what you want, you know. Um, So it's pretty encouraging. Another encouraging sign from last night was Ramondre Stevenson's usage, even with Damian Harris coming back off the hamstring injury. He ended up playing on 77% of snaps, 19 total opportunities. Uh, Damian Harris only getting three carries in this game. Uh, Is it the Ramondre Stevens show? Is it the the (laughs) Ramondre Stevenson show the rest of the season or is Damian Harris going to get involved at some point?
0: I don't know. It looks like the Ramondre Stevenson show. I mean, it doesn't seem like Damian Harris has any type of workload. I know he was a little banged up, so we're not sure if that maybe played into it a little bit, whether he didn't get the workload that he was supposed to. But I think this is pretty, you know, definitive in terms of showing where they are with this backfield right now, you know? I, I would understand maybe eight or nine carries for Damian Harris, you know, if he's like you know they want to ease him back into action, but three carries that kind of tells me that that they're more enamored with um, Ramondre Stevenson right now, and I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Damian Harris is a trade candidate, you know, yeah. and it could end up being a situation like where we're going to talk about with um, James Robinson, you know, and a bunch. Of, it seems like a bunch of running backs are getting, you know, the running back room cleared and moving up. Because of trades, it it wouldn't be um, surprise to me if Damian Harris maybe gets traded. But Ramondre Stevenson seems to be the clear one right now. I don't, I I don't think you can really start Damian Harris with confidence at this point anymore.
1: Yeah, you know, I think even if Damian Harris starts to get a little bit of the workload back, Ramondre will probably still be the RB one in this backfield, regardless. Right? He's still getting the passing down work too. He had eight targets in this game, caught, caught all of them. And, like, even if Damian Harris gets a little bit more work, he's probably going to be at least an RB2 all year, even with Harris involved. Um, So this is good news if you have Vermandre Stevenson. And like you said, right, there's a possibility that Harris gets traded. Uh, He's on the last year of his deal. And if he gets dealt, the Patriots get a compensatory pickback. And that's literally what Bill Belichick is known for doing. Uh, So overall, you know, it's looking good for Vermandre. Even after Damian Harris got a full week of full practices leading up to this game so seems to me like he was relatively healthy yeah so it's good news for him now we we did see a bit of a timeshare between david montgomery and khalil herbert um i do have herbert on the waiver wire post uh just a couple spots down so we'll talk more about that in a bit but that was very interesting to see um they did talk about the hot hand approach but we'll get there we'll talk about that uh, as we get through the waiver wire now The torn ACL for Brees Hall has been confirmed. So the Jets went ahead and traded for James Robinson to share some of the work with Michael Carter. The Jets, you know, they didn't want this season to go to waste, right? They're five and two. So they're doing what they wanted, what they can do uh, to keep this train rolling. Now, as far as the situation on the Jets, I'd expect this to be a timeshare between Carter and Robinson. I think Carter will be the primary back for now, you know, until Robinson starts to learn the playbook a little bit and all that. And eventually maybe Art Robinson can be a fantasy RB2, maybe. But yeah. for now, I would play Carter this week as an RB2, see where it goes from there.
0: I just have a feeling that this might end up looking exactly like the Jaguars backfield was. You know, <laughs> not that Michael yeah. Carter is the talent that Travis Etienne was, but you know, with you know James Robinson kind of being early down and then Michael Carter being the passing down and Michael Carter being overall a better fantasy running back. I wouldn't if I had to pick between Michael Carter and James Robinson being, you know, the fantasy relevant running back, if only one of them was going to be fantasy relevant, I would go with Michael Carter. I think he's going to get the passing work. I think James Robinson is more the early down guy. They felt the need, I think, the Jets to replace what they lost with Brees Hall, who is a very good early down running back. And he was obviously a really good talent. Anyway, he could also catch the ball and do that. But if they want to talk about, you know, just filling a role in the offense that they don't have anymore, I think they brought James Robinson in and do that. Uh, I think that yeah. Michael Carter is still the guy to have. Yeah, I can
1: see that. Um, I I can see James Robinson being the early down guy. I can see him being the goal line guy, right? This is an offense that, you know, w- this is a team that is playing good defense and they probably want to continue to run the ball. And I and I don't see one running back kind of just running away with the carries. I do like the situation more than Carolina because I think the Jets have a better defense than Carolinas. I think they have a bet they're gonna have a better overall offense than Carolinas. They have better. Coaching, they have better schemes. I just think overall it's a better situation for these running backs in you know in New York. Um, so I'd rather, you know, have these Jets running backs on my roster. Uh, but you know, I don't think that one of these guys is just going to completely stand out. Um, I do think Michael Carter is the more talented back, but it's possible that they don't view him as that early down option, you know, to be the primary right. early down option, at least. Right. Now on the Jaguar side, it's RB1 season. For Travis Etienne, right? He already grabbed the backfield this past week. It was already headed in that direction, and now it's officially his. And he'll probably be ranked, you know, around the top 12 on a weekly basis at this point among running backs. I think the buy low window has unfortunately closed.
0: Yeah. And we didn't even make it to the buy and sell episode to tell you to buy him low. I mean, we said about it a little bit on yesterday's episode about the takeaways, but, you know, now it's obvious. I don't think anyone is going to trade Travis Etienne now, you know? Um, you're not there's no reason to, you know, the way we saw him play, and now he has a guaranteed workload. It looks like, I mean, I'm not worried about Jamichael Hasty, are you? <laughs> no, not at all.
1: I mean, I think they like Jamichael Hasty enough to where they were comfortable trading away James Robinson, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, in case anything were to happen to Travis Etienne, I think they were okay enough. I mean, the Jaguars, you know, depending on if they're winning games or not, make a trade for running back if Etienne were to get hurt, but as yeah. of right now. It seems like you know, who, know who, who knows if the Jaguars are even going to be close to being a playoff team this year. Uh, right. It's not looking great right now. Uh, but regardless, you know they were happy enough with their backs behind ETN where they were like, you know what, we can get some value for James Robinson right now.
0: Yeah, they took our advice about trading James Robinson. <laughs> but, yeah, they um, did. I think the, yeah. I think
1: Doug Peterson listens listens to this episode. I, I think uh, so. listens to the show. I think that's yeah. Um, that's so you that's think- what's happening.
0: Do you think Jermichael Hasty is a handcuff at this point or no? Would you roster I don't think so maybe?
1: I, I would I would not roster him because I don't I would never expect him to get like a three down type of role. Like the only handcuffs I want to roster are guys that you know you know are gonna get the lion's share of the work uh if they're if the starter were to go down. All right. So let's say ETA were to get hurt, right? I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully this is real Wood. Um <laughs> Here, I'm, with you know, I am Jermichael Hasty, like He would be a pickup, but I wouldn't be excited about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I I basically think he doesn't have a handcuff. That's how, that's how I look at it.
0: That's fair. The offense. All right. Moving on. Isn't that good? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not that great. You know, the good thing about Etienne is he's super efficient. He's going to get all the touches, and the offense is good enough to where he's going to be an RB1.
0: The the, the thing is, what makes the offense passable is Travis Etienne. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's that's what it is. So if you take Travis Etienne out of the equation, completely different offense. It's
1: true. Yeah. Debo Samuel has a hamstring injury. He might not be ready for week eight. Um, They have a bye week in week nine. So it's possible they hold him out. So just keep an eye on that this week. He was able to finish the game last week. I actually remember when he got hurt, and I saw that, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't look good. But he, he stayed in the game. Yeah. Um, so that means it's not a, a major injury. Maybe he's, maybe his hamstring sore this week, but we'll see if they end up, you know, choosing to hold him out just in case there's any reaggravation or something like that. And they do have the bye week and then he should be hundred percent after the bye, but we'll see how that works out. Right. DK Metcalf's injury isn't as serious as it looked. Apparently he doesn't need knee surgery, but he has a patellar tendon injury that can apparently just be rehabbed. So he, uh, it seems like he will most likely miss some time. Uh, Pete Carroll won't admit that, but he but be prepared for that. Um, he's always optimistic. Um, the wide receiver who would benefit the most if Metcalf misses time will be Marquise Goodwin, uh, who is a waiver wire pickup that we'll get to. Not super high priority, but he's there. Yeah, Mike Williams is going to be out a few weeks as well with a high ankle sprain. They have a bye this week, but he'll likely be out for a few weeks after that. Uh, you can pick up Josh Palmer. But it doesn't excite me a whole lot with Keenan Allen coming back, Austin Neckler getting his targets, Gerald Everett getting his targets. Josh Palmer probably be, you know, the fourth target on this team, most likely. Yeah. Apparently, Amon Ross St. Brown never had a concussion, yet he was held out of the game because of the new rules that say if the independent doctor sees any sort of wobbling or anything like that after a hit, even if it wasn't a big hit, like in St. Brown's case, they can rule them out of the game. So yeah. even though when he went into the blue medical tent, they determined at that point that he did not have a concussion. Still, they held him out. Yeah. I, I I get the whole safety part of this dude, but like this seems super subjective to me at this point, you know, where guys will just start to get ruled out left and right.
0: Yeah. Well, what happened was, you know, they had the concussion fiasco with Tua and then concussion. Uh, who else was stumbling? I know not. It was Naeem Hines on Thursday night football. And they had pretty much that back-to-back in back-to-back weeks. So that was a PR disaster for the NFL. I think that they're going to take it super cautious now, and they're not going to really, you know, let players back in if it looks like there's a chance that that kind of thing could happen again. Obviously, it wasn't much of a hit to Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he looked fine. He ran off the field himself, and he didn't stumble or anything. And if he passed the protocol, you know, I think it's a little odd that they would keep him out. But I also understand, at the same time, they don't want to deal with that Um So that could concussions could easily end up influencing a lot of fantasy matchups this year, whether they're concussions or not, obviously, because this wasn't, you know, after the fact, it's easy to say, Oh, there wasn't concussion. And why wasn't he playing? Maybe it was a little bit different. You know, we weren't there. We didn't see what they were looking at, but um, I I do think that was a little bit of an exercise in caution. They're going to give, they're not going to give the players the benefit of the doubt anymore with concussions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of sucks. But at the same time, like from an NFL fan's point of view, but at the same time, it's like you think about the player's safety, you think about them as human beings, you know. Yeah, You kind of have to be on the side of caution if you're trying to be a good person. <laughs> it's easy to it's get caught up in the numbers a, right here. I, sometimes, I, so, sometimes I have a hard time being a good person, Zach, especially when I'm a oh, yeah. and Browns on, on on a couple of my teams. Um, Espe- yeah, especially after expected... you
0: trade for him, you move for him. And right, right, exactly. Yeah. That one now, hurts a little he,
1: bit. <laughs> he is expected to play this week. Um, he yeah. is in the concussion protocol, but the lines are expected him to clear before week eight. So that's good news. Right. The Colts have benched Matt Ryan. Yeah, not because of injury, but because he's benched for the rest of the season. He's not coming back in. Okay. Sam yeah. Ellinger is going to get the start. Uh, he looked good this preseason. Ellinger did. You know, he threw the ball downfield a lot, rushed a little bit. So he's like, you know, somewhat intriguing, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but what this does for the offense is anyone's guess right now. I would still assume Michael Pittman's gonna get his target share. Who knows who the second target ends up being between uh between Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. <clears throat> John Taylor's gonna get his. But in terms of whether this offense improves or not, who knows?
0: Yeah. I I, I personally don't see it improving. Um I'm a bit confused. I think it's a little bit early to be giving up on Matt Ryan. You know, the fact that they came out and said, that OK, Matt Ryan, you're benched and you're not coming back the rest of the season. And we're going to have Sam Ellinger, at quarterback. I think that's a little odd, especially. I mean, they're th- they haven't been good, but they're still 3-3-1. Three, three, and one, And they're in the thick of the playoff race, you know, at least in the division race in the AFC South. Like there's no team that's far and away the best team, I don't think. I mean, the Titans are on a bit of a hot streak, but they're only a game behind. I think it's a little bit confusing. Maybe the Colts are fed up. They don't want to run the carousel anymore at quarterback. They don't want to be picking up guys at the twilight of their careers and then just drop them off, trade them or whatever. Maybe they want to just see what they have. If, they, if there's anything with Sam Ellinger, um, if he could be their guy or not, if he isn't, maybe they'll just go target a quarterback because if he's not their guy, chances are they're going to be losing. They'll move up. And maybe go get a, one of these quarterbacks from the loaded class coming up um, next this next year. But, um, I find it odd. I think the offense was just fine. I think this is a little bit of a downgrade for me until I see what Sam Ellinger can do. Um, I'm not a big the fan only, of that move.
1: The only explanation that I have is that they like him. right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the explanation. Like, they, they like him enough where it's just like, you know what? Maybe this guy just gives us a better chance to win. Maybe he can create more plays. Maybe he can get out of the pocket, rush a little bit, you know, things like yeah. that. Create a little bit more of a dynamic offense rather than just like that statue in the pocket, you know, <laughs> type of offense where you're throwing the ball 50 times a game. And you might yeah. not want to do that. You know, I, so that, that, that's, that's my only guess. There's
0: there's that. It also now, now that I think about, it, you know, Matt Ryan has turned the ball over a lot, you know, he has. So they might be three, three and one, but they might be three, three and one despite Matt Ryan, which maybe exactly. that's the case. Maybe they think, OK, you know, our defense isn't playing too bad. Let's just cut down on the turnovers a little bit. We could cut down on the turnovers mm-hmm. just a little bit. And we could be in better shape. Maybe that's it. Now that I'm rationalizing in my head, but yeah, it is interesting. I don't really like the move so far for fantasy. Obviously, we have to see how it's going to work. Um, I, I think everyone, all the pass catchers, get a bit of a downgrade on my book.
1: David Njoku, he's going to miss two to five weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, so you're going to be out, uh, you know, six, seven tight end for several weeks. Uh, I, I would just drop him. You know, unless you have an open up. You know, Har- Harrison Bryant will be the backup, but I don't think. You know, I, I don't wanna end up having Najoku If I don't have an IR spot, if I don't have somebody else, if I if I have somebody else on the IR that I'd like better, I would just drop Najoku. I don't wanna just hold a tight end on my bench for like three, four weeks, five weeks, you know, yeah, without without knowing when he's gonna be back.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, we just Moving talked on about to, N- Yeah. Sorry, I, I might be like we might be lagging a little right, bit. Right. I might be like a little bit behind. But um that's fine. With Najoku. You know, you talk about do you want to hold him on your bench? I agree. You know, we just talked about him being a decent fantasy tight end for you. You know, he's solid. He can get the job done. But a guy that's just gonna get the job done, maybe, you know, just a little bit. Like we said, tight ends aren't very good this season. I I would just drop him too. I'm 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 agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And we have a couple tight ends on the waiver wire list here that we'll get to. We have some streaming tight ends that we'll get to as well, uh, after we go through the top twenty. Um, but I do have two I have two tight ends on this top twenty list for the waiver wire pickup. So let's get right into it.